Destination Morocco is excited to announce our new supporters platform where you can show your support for the podcast. Since early 2022, we have delighted in sharing with you the best of Morocco. Great travel advice, cultural insights, conversations with fellow travelers, and our own personal recommendations drawn from a lifetime of experiences. After all, we are proudly Moroccan-owned and operated with the mission to be genuine and trustworthy leaders in Moroccan tourism. Now, you can contribute directly to the podcast and help us continue this mission. Whether five, eight, or ten dollars, a one-time or a monthly commitment, your support is greatly appreciated and keeps the podcast going strong. Follow the link in the podcast show notes or go to coffee.com. That's ko-fi.com and simply search for the word Morocco. See you there. If you're thinking about traveling to Europe, what I've told people I know is go to Morocco before you go to Europe. All of the different landscapes, the architecture, you get some of the European feel in parts of Morocco. Everywhere you look, it's just amazing. Welcome to the Destination Morocco podcast, the show that takes you away to the beautiful country of Morocco. I am your host, Azadeen Al-Mustakim. In each episode, we explore Moroccan culture, history, attractions, and activities. Real and practical information coming from experienced travelers and native Moroccans like myself. Our goal is to help travelers that are struggling with planning any type of trip to Morocco. Our company, Destination Morocco, builds personalized tour packages that will ensure you enjoy our country just like a local. Follow us at destinationmorocco.co. And now, let's go exploring. Welcome to the Destination Morocco podcast. In today's episode, we have Rachel Metcalf. She visited Morocco late September, and she's here today to share her experience with us. Rachel, welcome to our podcast. Please tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I am 36 years old, single, live in Dallas, and decided that I was going to travel internationally this year, whether it was alone or with others and hence my Morocco trip solo. And how did you decide about Morocco and why Morocco specifically? Morocco was kind of random. It came about when I was on a trip to see a friend in LA earlier this year. And I was just talking about how much and how important it was to me to get out and travel this year. I was talking about Morocco in reference to a couple of tile vendors that I work with. And he was like, just go to Morocco. I was like, yeah, yeah. And then maybe a month later, I booked the ticket. I had nothing planned. Oh. <laughs> and I told him, like, guess what I did today? And he was like, no oh way. So that's how it started. You're very brave. Did you do any homework prior to deciding to get in the ticket? You just bought the ticket and say, you know what? It's time for me now to gather some information and see what I'm going to go, where I'm going to stay, what I'm going to do and all that type of stuff. 
how was that process for you, Rachel? There was no preparation. I bought the ticket and then kind of started freaking out about how I was going to make oh the trip goodness. happen and what I was going to be doing while I was there. I don't really enjoy planning either. So there was just a couple months of minor freakouts <laughs> where I was like, oh my goodness, I'm booked and I really want this to happen. And I don't know how it's going to. Oh my God. Okay. You know, just to give you an idea for me and my family, when we plan to go to Morocco, just as a family, not a vacation trip, well, it is vacation, but we take at least between nine months to a year to prepare. <laughs> so mm -hmm. in your case, you just, <laughs> my goodness. Well, luckily I did book the ticket at least, I think it was probably four to five months ahead of time. Oh, I see. So after I booked the ticket and kind of realized, like, I don't know anything about Morocco and I don't enjoy researching and planning, I thought, okay, well, my research will be a podcast. <laughs> and I listened to a lot of podcasts, so it was not a big deal. Yeah. Searched it, came across yours, started listening to it. And then as the trip was getting closer, I bought... I've got to find somebody to do this for me. I don't know how to do it. I don't want to do it. I have to find somebody to do this for me. And so that's when I reached out to you. And Well, I'm very glad you have reached out to us. And uh, it's really have been a pleasure and a delight to work with you. We enjoyed creating your itinerary. It was a lot of fun for me and Sam when we created it. Every time when we do an itinerary, it really feels for me personal because I put the last touches into it. And, and I hope you were happy with the itinerary. Yes. I loved the itinerary. I loved all the places that we went. We really covered a lot in the seven days that I was there. So that was nice. Even with the itinerary, I mean, I'm a little more laid back. So when you yeah. send it to me, I was like, this looks good. Okay, here we go. <laughs> but luckily it turned out perfect. Like I could not have asked for a better trip. So I'm oh, thank you. thoroughly pleased and have recommended you all to anybody who asked. Thank you. So. Thank you. Thank you. We really appreciate that, Rachel. We absolutely appreciate it. And I know that you had some concerns before you traveled to Morocco and I know your parents as well. So that's why I said, hey, you know, they you give them my cell. I mean, I'll, I'll talk to them. I'll, I'll stay in touch with them just in case. For me, I like to stay right there, but I'm also invisible. So just behind the scene, I check on you every day and, you know, we have that little group. So in terms of communication, I think that really adds quite a bit of value just for us to be on the same page, just in case something happened or something, we're, we're aware of it right away. Your perception of Morocco before you got to Morocco, when you got to Morocco and throughout your trip, how was it? Prior to going to Morocco, as I've probably made pretty clear, I didn't have a huge perception or even really frame of reference. I work with a couple tile companies there. So I had some idea of like aesthetically what it might be like. But honestly, when I got there, it was so much more and just blew my mind. Everywhere you look, there's something beautiful and handcrafted and just so intricate. The entire trip was aesthetically pleasing and amazing. And then ahead of time, too, I think with like going back to what you were saying about staying in contact and making yourself available for me, that was really invaluable, especially for a female solo traveler who is going to a place that they know relatively nothing about. Yeah, absolutely. I was nervous about what that would be like. 
how safe it would be or whatnot. And when I got there, it was totally fine. Everybody was minding their business, doing their own thing and relaxed, and it wasn't an issue. So I think I thought it was going to be more like when you're on the beaches in Cancun and people are approaching you and won't <laughs> yeah. leave you alone. And when I didn't experience any of that, yeah. and I felt safe. Oh, that's, I'm so glad to hear that. So the way that you have traveled, Rachel, when you said you wanted to travel by yourself, we have never had a solo person travel by themselves. So this is a very unique experience, the one that you have done with us because you're a solo female traveler. But you did not do it in a group, like in previous episode. You did not do it with other friends. It was just you. And I think the way that you have done it, in my personal opinion, is the best way to do it in many different ways because we do save you a lot of time and we do save you a lot of money. You know, a lot of money in terms, nobody's going to take advantage of you. You're not going to overpay for any of the things that you see or buy or shop. When you look at your itinerary, you get to do a lot of things that you would not be able to do on your own. If yours was seven days, somebody could have gone with the same itinerary. It'll take maybe three weeks, maybe four weeks to get that. So we understand you're very busy and you have a lot of things to do and take care of. And you also have a limited time to be in Morocco. So we try to maximize on everything in terms of the activities, in terms of things to do. Even when you have a half day, there's nothing to do. We filled it for you because we want you to experience even more of Morocco. That's what I would recommend for female travel to do it with a tour guide, with a tour leader, with the whole package, everything. It's fully loaded. In each city, you get your local guides in. You have your tour leader with you throughout. When they pick you up from the airport all the way until they drop you off at the airport, you have your car, you have your driver with you 24-7. All the entrances, anywhere you want to go, it's already prepaid. So you don't have to get in line. You don't have to. Nothing comes out of your pocket except if you want to buy some stuff for yourself, family, or gifts, your lunch. That's the only thing that it's not included. And also what we try to do in terms of experience, since your breakfast and dinner is included, we don't like to have you have dinner at Riyadh or hotels most of the time, unless we don't have a choice if it's in the desert or if it's, for example, at Ben Hadoor or some other places. So how was that for you, Rachel, in terms of the places that we have picked for you to stay and also the food and the variety of it? Well, first, I would say that I do agree that if you're traveling solo, I even personally feel like in a group. Doing it with a travel guide is 110% worth it in terms of not wasting time. You can cover so much more and there's just a more laid back feel when it's been worked out ahead of time. You can enjoy yeah. yourself. You're not trying to figure out where you are, what to do, working through like language barriers and all that kind of Absolutely. stuff. So yeah. it was worth every penny spent to have that service and ability to relax and really let yeah. somebody take care of the logistics. And if there was an issue, work it out. I would never travel without that again, especially to somewhere where isn't maybe as westernized as other European countries and yes. that kind of stuff. As far as the places that I stayed, I kind of understood what a Riyadh was. And when we first started, I had ideas of these fancy hotels and whatever. And I am so happy that you chose what I was doing. You knew what you were doing. And now talking to other people, I'm like, no, you, you want to stay at a Riyadh. Like, <laughs> they're amazing. They're beautiful. They're all different. It's the experience. If you don't do it that way, then you're not even doing it right. Don't I go. agree. 100%. <laughs> yeah. 
and then in terms of the food, it was amazing. Some places, especially like Tangier, had a very Mediterranean-style food, which is my preference anyways. And so that was even better. And I loved the different flavors that they use that they don't do here in the States. I mean, you know, the sweet and the savory kind of in one. And then one of my favorite things was all the small tapas or like little salads that they bring out ahead of time. That could have just been my meal. Like all 12 of these little plates are mine. So I loved the places that you chose for me. And thank you. I don't recall eating really often in the Riyadh except for breakfast. Yes, that's the whole point because yeah. we wanted to experience that local cuisine because when you travel, you stay at hotels all the time. So, you know, you get used to the same food at the hotel anywhere you go. It's almost predictable. But then when we do it outside, just like you said, Fast is different. I felt the same way when I went to Fast and they gave me these 12. I counted them. They was, in my case, they were 11. And I was like, how am I going to eat my tagine if I go through all of this? I mean, it's just a lot of food. So, mm-hmm. But it was an amazing experience. So that is the goal is for you and the guests to experience the local cuisine, the local culture, because every city is different. I know you love Tangier. It was one of your favorite cities to stay. And I totally agree. Tangier is, has developed in the last two decades the most, in my opinion, in Morocco. Mm-hmm. It was just perfect, picturesque. I loved it. It had some European influences for sure, architecturally, and it was clean, yeah. but it had the old world feel. And then being on the ocean, it just, in my mind, I can just see myself there. It was everything that, I want in life. So, oh my goodness. <laughs> that's how I feel about Tangier. And then the food took it to a whole nother level. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. So it's just really beautiful. And then, you know, obviously having the breeze and then the mountains in the background. I mean, there's not much more you could ask for, in my opinion. And also you went in September. September is, the weather is not really that hot, but it can be still. But how was it for you? I know it varies from the mountains, from city to city. How was the weather for you throughout your tour? It was really nice pretty much the whole time. There was no rain, so that was never an issue. It was sunny and it wasn't hot. It was, I think, maybe 65 degrees probably on average most of the time. So, Oh, nice. You bring a jacket, you have it on part of the day or not. So I don't know if it's like that all the time, but it was pretty perfect. Excellent. So how was the Moroccan culture for you and the Moroccan hospitality? As an American, how did you feel as a tourist? How did you feel as a guest in a foreigner country? The culture was, again, like I didn't really have any perceptions or expectations, really. But it was definitely more conservative in general speaking, which And I'm just talking about from the way people dress and act outside in public. And, you know, it's not maybe like America where it's a little louder and rowdier and in your face. So that was really nice. (laughs) Just everybody, you know, relaxing and (laughs) being polite. And in some of the busier places, it was crazy how there are people everywhere. And it almost had like a New York feel. But again, I had my guide. I didn't really feel overwhelmed because he knew where he was going. And so I just followed. The whole time I felt pretty safe. I think had I been there by myself, I would have been just as safe without a guide. I would have been just as safe. I just probably would have gotten lost. And then I then I don't know how safe I would have been. <laughs> but I didn't ever feel like in danger at all. Okay, that's glad to hear. Yeah. What type of advice would you give somebody who's 
trying to go to Morocco and they're in the process right now of gathering the information, doing everything online, then listening to podcasts, what would you tell them? I would tell them to call you and just let you handle it and then go and relax <laughs> and enjoy. I mean, if there's certain spots they want to see that can be worked in. Each place is so different and some are very robust and going on and yes. like Fez. There's no way you can navigate Fez in a timely manner without a guide. It would be impossible. I agree. Absolutely. Yeah. If you're not going to use a travel agency and a tour guide and local guides, I think you're going to end up not getting the most out of your money and you're not going to really be able to enjoy yourself as much. So I would say... Research the places that you want to go, because unless you have unlimited time, you probably can't do everything. But then beyond that, let somebody else take care of the logistics. Then you have more time to really take in each of the places and pay attention to the details and enjoy all the you know nuances and things that make each place special. Absolutely. What was your best moment or your biggest surprise when it came to Morocco? My biggest surprise was the desert in Marrakesh. Oh, Agafa, yes. Oh, my God, yes. I've seen the pictures. I've seen the videos. When you put on a Moroccan outfit... Yes, that was fun. You look completely different. You completely transform. And it was a lot of fun. So everybody was caring to you. And I loved the experience. And the thing is, Agafa is not really that far from Marrakesh. You know, you can go, you know, it's about an hour away. You can go have a really good dinner, romantic, nice, then come back to your Riyadh in Marrakesh. Yeah, it was amazing and beautiful to see. And then where we went, how the restaurant was right there on the yeah. edge and the stars. And nice. I was surprised for a couple of reasons. A, I was not planning to get on a camel. <laughs> And it worked out. Like when there was a camel there, I was like, okay, I guess we're doing it. And it was awesome. And so many people, so many of my friends and family just couldn't believe it and were so excited. And they're like, oh my gosh, I want to do that. And what's even, I feel more surprising is when I come back to Morocco, I actually now do have this interest of staying in the desert and doing that tour experience, which for me, I just didn't really think was in my interest. After being there, it is. The other thing that I really liked was the hammam. Oh my God, yes, yes. Tell us about that, please. Uh, I could do that every day. It's so amazing. The herbs, the smell, the aroma, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the pampering. Wow. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Even, I mean, we couldn't really understand each other, but I didn't care. I was like, just do whatever you want to me. This is amazing. It felt great. It was very relaxing. If I lived there, I would do this at least twice a week. I mean, it's really relaxing and just a different experience. It's crazy being in those marble rooms with the big tub of water running and just yeah. washing the hair and everything. It was it's incredible. a great experience. You know, and also when you're traveling, a lot of people don't pay attention that you actually do a lot of driving. And when you do a lot of driving, you sit in the car for hours and hours and, you know, with time it gets to you, you really do get tired. So you do need that half a day just to unwind, just to relax. I always recommend at least one time to do a spa. Escape to the exotic beauty of Morocco with our exclusive small group tours. Experience intimate group sizes that ensure personalized attention 
and unforgettable adventures. From the enchanting streets of Marrakesh to the serene beauty of the Sahara Desert. Forge friendships that last a lifetime while immersing yourself in Morocco's rich culture, vibrant traditions, and warm hospitality. Book your small group tour with Destination Morocco today. Experience the intimacy of a private tour at an affordable price. Go to our website, destinationsmorocco.com, that's destinations with an S, morocco.com, and reserve your spot today. And that's another thing, something that as a solo traveler, it was nice to be able to rearrange or move things around with the schedule because I wasn't with a group yeah. or especially a big group. So if I wanted to get started at 11 instead yes, of 9, exactly. I could do that. And when we were at a place that may be like, okay, I saw it, I'm interested, I'm ready to go. I didn't have to wait for 10 people to ask questions and whatever. Because I was traveling alone, I could say, you know, let's skip that. I can Google that and <laughs> I want to stay in Chef <laughs> That's the advantage that you have. It is your itinerary and you control it 100%. Whatever you say goes. If a city doesn't make a sense, if a sightseeing or an area does not make sense, you can always change it. Even though everything is already confirmed, you don't need to get in touch with me. You can do it on the spot. The tour leaders we have that are incredible. They do an amazing job. And you had Elias. He's one of the best ones that we have. We're very grateful for him. Everybody has ownership to do the right thing. There's no, oh, let me check. Let me call Sam. Let me call this and time difference and all. No, we make the changes on the spot. We want you to experience exactly Morocco the way that you want to experience it. Yes. He was an amazing tour leader. He was very knowledgeable about everything, but also very friendly and outgoing and made things fun. And anything that I needed, he was very efficient at making happen. It wasn't really ever an issue. I told him what I wanted and it happened, which is also invaluable. Oh, oh, I totally agree. So when you went to Morocco, I know you did your itinerary, I can see it. You did Casablanca, Robat, Asila, which is a small city. It's a Portuguese small coastal city. Then you went to Tangier. Then you, you did Shifshawan, then Fes. Then you went through the back roads, through Benimilad, then Marrakesh, and you stayed a couple of days in Marrakesh. Can you tell us about your experience in this route? I know in Casablanca, you had a very special tour guide that did the mosque visit for you. His name is Khalil, and I've spoken about him earlier in previous episodes. And I talked to him from time to time. He's an amazing, amazing gentleman. Can you tell us what was your experience with him in Casablanca, please, Rachel? He's just a special person in general, I think. I mean, I don't know. I'm sure you've mentioned that he's blind. Yes. And so he knows this place by heart and was very knowledgeable. And again, it was just me and him. So I got to ask the questions. and. While we're walking around, getting in and out of places as we want to, there was another group of like 20 people, you know, having to walk around together. And so he was very knowledgeable. I mean, it was impressive that, you know, he was blind and could still feel his yes. way around and know what he was showing you and speaking to it. And I mean, that mosque was amazing. The craftsmanship, you can't even really describe it. Like you have to see it because it's truly unbelievable. The ceilings everywhere, the doors, the ceilings, the arches, architecturally, it's an amazing, Morocco is an amazing place. Thank you, thank you. I was telling somebody recently about 
the backdrop between all of the cities is just as amazing. So, I mean, yeah, you might be sitting in the car for three, four, five hours, but it's truly visually always changing and always beautiful to see. There was never a time where I wasn't impressed by what I was seeing. Oh, wow. That's incredible. Tell us about your experience in Fez and also the Riyadh that you have stayed in Fez. The Riyadhs are, you just have to see them in person. It's like a three-story courtyard almost with open air at the top and all ornate. The woodwork on everything, the tile, every single inch of these places is handmade, artisanal. Yeah, the craftsmanship is just, it's amazing. Now, it's, I've been to Fest and it's, it's very tricky. So when you look at, when you see the Riyadh from outside, do you expect it to be the same from the inside? No, no, no. It looks like a door on a blank stucco wall. And then you go in and it's like a little bit of a maze and then it opens up to this amazing three-story area. It was a shock for me, to be honest with you. And because at that time when those riads were built, the people did not want to show off what they have. So yeah, you look at, it's just a wall, maybe with no windows or nothing. But then when you go inside the house, it just like, Wow, mind-blowing. The mosaic, like you said, the Zilij, the Moroccan Zilij, the water fountain inside, the palm trees or the banana trees. It's so soothing. It's an incredible experience. That was the most beautiful Riyadh, I will say. I agree with that. You just kind of forget, though, because they're all special in their own ways. Even some that are not as decorative still got the very like old world vibe that they've been there forever. And maybe it was somebody who was maybe a little more humble or didn't have as much. They each have a special uniqueness and you can appreciate each one for what they are. The one in Fez was really impressive. And you're right. It's totally different when you walk in. You forget where you just were outside the door. Yes, <laughs> for sure. It is one of the best Riyadhs. We're very fortunate to be a part of their network. And actually, uh, I did not know, I was talking to Sam earlier today, and he was like, that Riyadh was built back in the 17th century. So you can just, you cannot really tell that it's that old. Everything inside of it is just like, wow. I'm so glad that he got a, a chance to experience it. In Fez, we went to a restaurant too. I believe it used to be a house for a family. And that one was amazing as well. And it was built in the 14th century. And the local guide was pointing out to me that it had the date inscribed and I could see it. Oh, wow. And she was saying how seriously that's regulated. Yes. And it's crazy that these places have withstood all this time. Yeah. That's why I always say, you know, if you have one day to spend and, and visit Morocco, Fas is definitely the city to visit because of that history, because of so many landmarks. It's just incredible. What did you get to see when you visited Fas in terms of, did you get to see the King's Palace, the Jewish Quarter, the mosaic in the making, the tanneries? We did visit the mosaic factory, which I was kind of familiar with anyways, because like I said, I work with that. But it's still impressive, especially if you've ever tried to make one of those pots on the wheels. Like, it's not easy. I took a class and ended up making two ashtrays. Oh so <laughs> <laughs> to see what they're making, it's incredible. Oh, wow. That was impressive for sure. And then we went to the tannery, which was also incredible to see how they were doing the process. Looks like how they probably were doing it hundreds of years ago. Yes, it did not change. You're absolutely yeah. right, yes. Like the guy in there stomping on the hide. 
Yeah, and the colors, the different colors, they represent different part of the process where they are at at that moment. So they move the hide from place to place. It's very intriguing and very nice. Was it smelly for you, Rachel? Because a lot of people say, yes, it was smelly. And some say, no, in my opinion, it was smelly for me. But how was it for you? Extremely. Yeah, okay. Extremely smelly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, whatever. Yeah. You get through it, but you don't get used to it. You just have to get through it and you use the mint. And I usually feel like I can handle stuff like that or get used to it or get over it. But no, not there. Yeah, it was, in my case, it was kind of strong, yes. But I took a lot of pictures. I took a lot of videos. So it was absolutely worth it. The other place we visited, no, maybe this was in Marrakesh, was the Bahia Palace. Oh, the Bahia Palace, yes, in Marrakesh. Yeah, that was actually your next stop after a couple of days. So how was Marrakesh for you, places you stayed in and, and the overall experience? The Medina was like wild. Again, that feel of just like people everywhere. And this is one thing that I didn't realize, like how late people, including children, stay up in Morocco. And so it was like wild to see a four-year-old out on the street with their parents, <laughs> but like at 11 or midnight. Yeah. And so that area... The square. A lot of people call it the square or Jam Alfna Square. Okay. It was super interesting to see because it was a good chaos, but there was stuff and people everywhere. And I mean, the driving was a little crazy. I yeah, don't sure. know that people yeah. use lanes in that area. Uh, no. And then, you know, all the motorcycles and... You know, a two lane in Marrakesh, it's really five lane. Mm -hmm. And you add a little bit of bicycles, motorcycles, a little bit of horses, a little bit of donkeys. And that's the regular traffic in Marrakesh. It's so frightening for yeah. not me because I was in a vehicle but like the other people I'm like are you not concerned you might get hit by a bus you know that's different than here in the U.S. oh absolutely yes no comparison definitely now one of the questions that I have Rachel please do you have any tips or hacks that you would tell a solo traveler or a female traveler going to Morocco in terms of the best way to explore Morocco your experience is unique in this regard, and I would like for you, if you would please share it with the audience. I would say plan ahead, spend the money. It's well worth it. You're going to get a better experience. This could be a once in a lifetime thing for somebody. Absolutely. So do it right. Plan ahead. Be prepared to maybe spend a little more and have the opportunity to experience these things while being relaxed. And for females, that would be my advice for a solo traveler or a group of travelers. You're going to waste so much time trying to figure things out for yourself. And Yelp reviews are not trustworthy. <laughs> I mean, they might be, they might not be. But do you really want to like spend the day figuring that out when you're in this beautiful country? Yeah, perfect. Perfect. Now, is there anything that I should have asked you and I didn't? Or if there's anything that you would like to share with the audience, please. I would say for the audience, if you're thinking about traveling, say you're in the US and you're thinking about going to Europe, what I've told my friends is people I know is go to Morocco before you go to Europe. <laughs> I really, I really, I like really that. think so. I mean, just all of the different landscapes, the architecture, you get some of the European feel in parts of Morocco. And you're just never going to see these things in Europe. Everywhere you Absolutely. look, it's just amazing. And for different reasons, you know, desert, city, old city, seaside, Tangier. That would be my advice to people is go to Morocco before you go to Europe. 
I love it. I love it. So the tour that you have done or the itinerary is the north side of Morocco. The south side of Morocco is a little bit different. It's a little bit more going back in time and it's completely different experience. So if you have a chance to come back to Morocco, that's what I would advise doing the south side of Morocco because the north side you have done it. And also in terms of price. So a lot of people that way, they know the Riyadhs are expensive. They are more expensive than the hotels. When you do a south side Morocco tour, is not as expensive as the north yeah, side. That's good. Because of the accommodations. In Fes, it could be easily over $100 a stay. In the south side, it's probably half of it or just a little bit over half of it. And you get to experience quite a bit of things as well. It includes the desert. It includes what is that where the Atlas studios are. It's called Hollywood of Morocco. And then you have, you go to Eit bin Haddu, which is where a lot of movies and series have been filmed. As of today, they are talking, there's a British producer, I think he's in Eit bin Haddu. They are talking about making Gladiator number two. So they are in the process of it. And also uh, the other series, The Witcher with Superman, I forgot his name is filming in Morocco as well. I think they wrapped up that. So there's always something happening in the southern part of Morocco in terms of movies and series as well. So if you get a chance to come back to Morocco, we would love to host you again. And we do appreciate you trusting us and giving us a chance to serve you. And it's kind of weird because when people tell me, what do you do? And I tell them, hey, I'm a servant. This is what I do. This is who I am. And my team are the same. We serve. We feel so good and we feel so proud when we serve, when we make a difference in someone's life, you know, because somebody else made a difference in my life and I'm just trying to do the same for somebody else. So on behalf of my team, my family, we are very grateful, Rachel. We really, really, really appreciate you taking a chance on us and giving us that opportunity to plan everything for you from A to Z. We're so glad you don't like to plan anything. So we did it for you. <laughs> well, I will be back and I appreciate everything that you guys did. Thank you. There was not one time where I felt like I was being bothersome to you, Ilias, or Sam. Y'all were always willing and ready to help me and answer questions or make me feel better about something. And Absolutely. I mean, I cried when I was leaving. <laughs> you know, here's the funny part, Rachel. I swear to you. We had Daniel and Sierra. They traveled as a couple. I think then traveled over 60 countries. And the conversation that I've had with him is incredible. And I know for a fact that the hardest part about your tour is always saying goodbye. Mm-hmm. Always thinking of those people. Some you may see again, some you may not see again. And then a year goes by, two years go by. And then you go back to your trip and you think about it. And it's like, oh, I wonder what that person is doing. So that's why when I look at your Instagram pictures, those pictures, they tell a different story, amazing story. It was just beautifully documented. And those pictures, they'll have value when time goes by. Six months from now, you look at them it's like, oh my God, I can't believe I went to that place. And whether it's Tangier, Shifshaw, and Marrakesh, that's the beauty of it. And we're so glad that we were part of that journey for you, Rachel. I just love you guys and I hope to travel with you again. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining us this week on the Destination Morocco podcast. Our dedicated show website, destinationmoroccopodcast.com is where you can find all of our episodes, leave a review, find our social media links, and even register as a guest. If you have been to Morocco yourself and would love to share a story, advice, or recommendations, you're welcome to participate in our podcast. Whether it's a five-minute story or a full conversation, we will guide you through the steps so that you can share your experience with our listeners. 
We will be back soon enough with a new episode for you as we continue our exploration of the beautiful country of Morocco. See you then. You have traveled the world, but Morocco's allure beckons you. Destination Morocco is here to create the perfect once-in-a-lifetime Moroccan journey, tailored exclusively to your desires. Let us craft an itinerary that unlocks the secrets of this mesmerizing land just for you. For a luxurious, bespoke Moroccan adventure of a lifetime, visit destinationsmorocco.com. That's destinations with an S, morocco.com and let us turn your dreams into reality your amazing moroccan experience awaits